Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. And welcome to another episode of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is episode 200! And with me here in the studio, we have Mr. Clancy Peterson. Hey, how's it going, man? (laughs) It's going good, man. And Jeff Dean is here. Hey, kids. It's hey, exciting. It is exciting. I can't believe it. It really is. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say uh, I saw it coming because I've been you know, doing these shows and numbering them every time, but I saw it coming and I wanted to do something special. This year is going to be really cool for the Kaiju cast. Okay. We've got a lot of cool things coming up and we're going to talk about some of those things a little bit later, but for now we are going to talk about our time at Monster Palooza because Jeff and Clancy and I were all there. What weekend was that? That was like... Uh, the 13th, the weekend of the 13th? It's April 7th through the 9th. That is a much more accurate time frame. Close. <laughs> yeah. It was a couple of weeks ago, and we had a blast, and I just wanted to talk about it and sort of uh, get these guys' perspective on what they saw, what they experienced, and you know what kind of fun we had, and basically share those experiences with you guys, the listeners. And also, because it is episode 200... We're going to have some super cool uh, little interstitial moments. And I think what we're going to do right now is we're going to play a trailer for King Kong Escapes. King Kong. Mammoth. Behemoth. escapes and meets his greatest foe, the Kong of Steel. A gargantuan duel, unmatched by any battle in history. Thundering 60-foot robot Kong of Steel, creation of the evil Dr. Who, criminal genius who stops at nothing. Kong, once again, dig... life against the copter squad. A thousand thrills as King Kong battles the serpent of Mondo Island. No, he's Kong! Hits himself against a nation's armament. And plunges a beautiful girl into a world of terror. King Kong in a duel to the death. (laughs) 
Right, so we are back, and we're going to talk about our time at Monster Palooza. And I told these guys earlier, I want to treat this kind of like a discussion. So, who here had been to Monster Palooza before? I'm raising my hand right. Yeah, now. Jeff, I know you've been. How many? You just been the one time, right? Yeah. Okay, so Jeff and I went together, and I've been a few times. Clancy, uh, big negative. This was the <laughs> first time. Oh, you got to pull pull that up a little closer to you. The sound good? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this was this was my first time going to the show. So I got to know initial thoughts. What? <laughs> well, actually, let's before we jump into that. Like, how? What did you think before you got there? Like, what were you expecting in terms of other conventions you've been to? You know. Uh, well, I mean, you and Jeff had given a pretty good rundown of what to expect. So pretty much what was there is what I thought I was going to see. Mm-hmm. I guess the one thing I wasn't completely sure about would have been. You know how, like, you can't really gauge the size of something and the, you know, the amount of people that are going to be there until oh, yeah, you're really sure. in the space yourself and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. You could tell me it's small. Yeah. But I mean, depend, you know, my personal experience, it could have been still massive. But the reality is, you know, now that they're in that Pasadena Convention Center, mm-hmm. it's definitely a bigger convention. It's not like G Fest. But at the same time, it isn't like some of these Rose City Comic Cons where it's just jam-packed full of people all the time. Sure, yeah. Um, So I was definitely pleasantly surprised that it was kind of a nice in-between. Smaller big show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you, man, for sure. And funny you should mention that about G-Fest because previously, so this is the second year they've been at the Pasadena Convention Center, the 
other years, they were, I think, almost always at the Marriott in Burbank, which is literally right across the street from the airport. Mm-hmm. That's where Jeff and I saw it, went to it, attended. And uh, I had been several times there, and it was just about as big as it could get, right? That's one of the reasons they moved. More importantly, that is where I attended G-Fest in 1999. So, like, I got there, and I wasn't positive that it was the same venue until I walked in the doors, and I was like, oh, (laughs) I recognize all of this, except for the stuff that they have remodeled. But, yeah, it was uh, definitely a smaller venue, but still kind of like, you know, G-Fest-y size. Yeah. And now I definitely think it looks much nicer. It's especially the interior of that place is much cooler than the previous location. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the Burbank Marriott, if that's where your convention is, has to be. I mean, they still do Son of Monster Palooza there. This place has a lot more light. Yeah. It's a lot bigger, the way taller ceilings. I love how they have it laid out where each banner, they say, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm in the Dracula row. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. that's rad. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> On that note, though, so I think it was like the last day when I finally started saying, Oh, I I want to come back to the Godzilla aisle. That's yeah. why those are there. Yeah. So just make a mental note or text, you know, hey, I'm over in this aisle. So they were awesome to be there, but I was just dumb. <laughs> until, <laughs> well, until I had somebody a- tell me to meet them somewhere. I can't remember if it was Nick or, or Paul Moda or somebody, but I was like, where are you? And they were like, oh, I'm in the Frankenstein yeah. by the back wall or whatever. Yeah, I I thought that was really cool. A lovely touch because all of them, I think, are Basil Gogos's work, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like every painting was like an old famous monsters cover or something. You know? Yeah. Okay, so Jeff, you had been, and you thought that this was an improvement location-wise, but were you anticipating anything before you went down? Like, were you looking forward to anything specifically at Monster Palooza? Um, I mean, the one time I went a couple years ago with you. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it was, you know, a little awkward and you could tell even then they had kind of outgrown that venue. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was just looking forward to, to the new venue. I, I assumed it would be bigger and it was, and it was just much more roomy. Only on Saturday did I feel like, Oh, this is really crowded, but it wasn't to the point where you're like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. I think for me, the worst parts of it being crowded were basically when I was trying to walk from, you know, a point A to point B. And I like to, I like to pick up the pace. (laughs) And some people at a convention are like on snail acid or something. (laughs) They are just moving so slow. Well, when you're, well, it's like, I think it's (laughs) like the the sloths from Zootopia. Majority of people are kind of strolling, looking at things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you're in that mode, you're like, I'm trying to get to the Starbucks. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just kind of like, let's go. People. I'm trying to get to the front door to meet Jeff and Clancy. <laughs> yeah. Like that. But, um, yeah, the Pasadena Convention Center is, um, very nice. And, you know, I've been to conventions too, like uh-huh. Emerald City and stuff. Where yeah. Like yeah. Some days it's like on Saturdays, it's just insane. You can't even move in there. So this was not that <laughs> ridiculous. It wasn't, please God, no level of ridiculousness. I really thought that it wasn't as like nearly as bad as uh yeah you even mentioned Rose City Comic Con Clancy that yeah, yeah. I mean in Rose City it, funny even you should mention that too because it's our homegrown you know show and like we've seen it from its you know inception essentially and it is it's there at that like world class Comic Con level of busyness at least and um I will say like Friday night 
at Monsterpalooza, that's like the prime time to go. Because there's not a lot of people there, right? Oh, yeah, that was, and, and that was amazing. get right in, and it's like, I just thought like that was a fantastic time because the massive amount of crowds haven't attended yet. They wait, yeah. for the, they wait for the weekend. They wait for the Saturday, wait for Sunday. I, I was actually pretty impressed with the amount of people that were there on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I mean, you were, were you looking forward to seeing anybody there or meeting anybody for, from specifically from like movies, television, et cetera? Um, there's a couple people I was looking for. I mean, you know, Monster Palooza has such a large array of guests mm-hmm. because it's based in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, I have this hardcover coffee table book. Uh, Crystal Lake memories that I've had kind of certain people from the Friday 13th franchise sign. And they had a number of Friday 13th people there this time that I had not met before. Right. So I was excited to maybe meet them and get them to sign the book. Cool. And it's, I did. You did. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I was about to think that I had done a horrible <laughs> thing by asking you that. Like, Jeff, did you get it signed? No. No, <laughs> I did not. No. <laughs> I'm glad. But I had, to, glad. I had to lug that book around, but it's worth it. <laughs> Someday you'll be able to show the world. It's funny because <laughs> when we went in 2013, mm-hmm. 14, whenever it was, um, I lugged the book down there again because Ted White, who played Jason in like the final chapter, was there. So I'm like, oh. take the book down there. <laughs> then I'm taking the book again down there this time. So Yeah. So did you do you already have the signature of the Jason that we saw? Um chatting with brian posein um no that was uh from i think that was the one from the remake wasn't it that doesn't fall into his criteria Uh, well you know it's not even featured in the book (laughs) is that that i think the book that's good criteria The (laughs) the book came out before the remake came out yeah i think we'll probably jeff and i'll wait to argue about this at uh horror movie trivia versus the kaiju cast but uh i do enjoy that guy that played jason though as much as you know the remake isn't great but i mean i have nothing against the actor he's cool he's, he's in a lot of different there was a remake yes yeah. <laughs> just kidding i i, I didn't know that yeah. i haven't seen it but i did know yeah clancy was there anybody you were looking forward to meeting to at monster palooza um well it was nice i mean i was definitely excited to see that they were bringing in the japanese guests which i'm sure you'll have some stuff to talk about them later um definitely i'm not too huge on autographs so I kind of just get more of a kick out of just seeing like people interacting with fans and hanging out. There were a bunch of people from that were related to this horror series that I enjoyed because it was kind of my gateway into horror, which is the house movies, specifically house one and two. Uh, the problem is I had purchased the Blu-ray box set from England. It comes with all four films recently came out from arrow mm-hmm. arrow video, great Blu-ray company. And um, it showed up. One day after we returned ah. from Monster Palooza. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they had like George Went, which obviously people know from Cheers. If you don't know him from the first house movie, William Cat, America's greatest superhero. Also, I think Ameri- uh, that was the greatest American hero. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, he's in the first house <laughs> film and the same guy that Jeff had signed the uh, Harry Manfred. Yeah. He did the f- music for that. So while I didn't get him to sign anything, cause uh-huh. I didn't have the nice little hardback book that came with that um it was just cool to see them and you know just like norm just chilling <laughs> with the shoes off at a totally. table all weekend long every time you go by it's like this is a little surreal i wonder <laughs> if there was like somebody 
holding up a sign anywhere near him that just said, no, don't say it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Because I didn't hear it at all during the weekend. But Yeah, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> I sort of felt bad for him because every time I walked by, there wasn't a lot of people, you know, waiting at his table. Yeah. Well, I, I would say that that hallway for the most part, didn't have a lot of people waiting for anybody except Linda Blair. There might have been a couple of other ones, but Cassandra like for the Peter, most part... Sandra Peterson was there. Oh, yeah, when she, she was there. But a, she was up towards the front, right? Yeah, she was like, yeah, because like when you walk into the convention center, there's like a, basically almost like a lobby mm-hmm. where they have a lot of guests signing. Yeah, I think what they do is they basically, they strategically, essentially, only put one of those kinds of guests in one little area so they don't screw everybody else's yeah. tables up. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, when we got there, or when I walked in on Saturday, I think, or maybe it was Friday, the line out the door for Linda Blair. Yeah. That was crazy. Well, it was the same thing, like you're saying, they positioned them in a nice spot because Kane Hodder was, uh, you know, played Jason in a bunch of the um, Friday the 13th as well. He, and a ton of other stuff, but he had a massive line as well. He's a real popular guest and he was right on the end there where it didn't really impact everything in the middle. And it was like Linda Blair waiting outside. Yeah. Yeah. That was just wrapped out, out the building. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not an autograph guy for the most part. I actually, the thing that I like is like getting my, you know, books signed and stuff like that. I know some people like getting toys signed. Some people like getting autograph photos and that's cool. For some reason, I'd rather get like, I'd be able to go, oh, let me show you this book from Keita Amamiya that he signed and drew yeah. this amazing zero in, which I guess I'll talk about right now. Uh, segue into talking about the Japanese guests that were brought to Monster Palooza. As I mentioned in the last episode, Jim Cirinella of Celebrity Icons hooked Monster Palooza up with Mizuho Yoshida, who played Godzilla in GMK, and a whole bunch of other. You know, monsters like the Zerum movies. He played Zerum in uh, Cyber Ninja, which I saw recently. He played the bad guy in that. Like, sort of the big masked bad guy. What else did he play? He played Zetus. He played Raiga. So he's done a lot of work, right? And he's even uh, done stunt work in Garo. He was Mikazuki, which, ugh, man, when we talk about Kieta Amamita's work in an episode down the road... You're going to hear me gush about that stuff because it's so amazing. Anyway, so in addition to Mizuho Yoshida, they also brought Keita Amamiya, who is an artist and director and total visionary kind of guy. I have a massive amount of respect for him. He was there and he was sketching for people all weekend. And uh, the dude is just so cool. (laughs) Like, he wore sunglasses the whole time and like, like... cool hat it's definitely cool that's cooler hat than mine <laughs> definitely <laughs> anyway uh yeah ah uh, that was really cool so i was uh, really happy to be able to meet him did you know that he was at super festival when we went to japan was he he was the one that was not at like i think you were going to try to meet him and he wasn't at his table yeah it's because when we got there we got there at super festival right when it opened yeah and he wasn't scheduled to even really I do his signing until like one o'clock, I think. And I said, well, I want to say we were done at noon. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to ask everybody to just wait around. Plus Jamie had to get back home and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it was a, a bummer that I didn't get to meet him. And I was trying not to think about it because the Japan trip was so amazing. It was easy to ignore the fact that I didn't get a chance to meet Amamiya there. When I saw the announcement that he was coming to 
Monster Palooza, I was like stoked. The only thing that is kind of a bummer, I was think I was telling you this or Lady Kyle this earlier. Monster Palooza is a fantastic venue to bring Amamiya because so many people who are in the special effects departments and makeup artists and people who love monster movies just in general, they probably know his work from the Zerum films. So for him to, you know, be there, I saw I saw some people like that I knew like geeking out <laughs> over meeting him. Mm-hmm. Not kaiju people, like special effects artists and like uh, other artists who are just like stoked. That to me was really cool to sort of see it from sort of like a kaiju lens. Like I'm looking at him because he's done giant monster movie stuff. And also he's done, you know, these tokusatsu films, right? It's all about the tokusatsu for me, I guess you could say. So I'm looking at it from that perspective and I'm like, wow, this is a crazy cool, like, culture crossing guy like his stuff that he creates people love it just because it's ornate and beautiful and if you're not familiar with Kieta Amamiya's work wow I really hope we can actually like give you some awesome information when we do our sort of like retrospective on some of his stuff in a future episode I recorded an interview with him before we do that I want to actually share information about his movies and then later on, we're going to do some stuff about this show called Mikazuki. So sometime, I think in 2017, we'll get to that. That's going to take some research and some analysis and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, oh, what a guy. That guy is awesome. Anyway, I was excited to see them. I was also excited to see some of my friends who were there, Nick Gucker mm-hmm. and Lance from uh, Creepy Cult. They were there. Yeah. Um, I was excited to see Yuji and Michi from M1. Yep. And uh, I think a little bit later, we'll talk about some of the stuff we got, especially things that I got from <laughs> from their table. Oh, I was excited to meet new people. I met Adam Milicevic. I think that's how you say his last name from Face Off. Mm-hmm. He was literally just walking around the show. And I was like, hey, dude, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Took a selfie with him. And he said he was interested in being on the podcast. Nice. So I was working it, guys. <laughs> I was making the Kaiju cast a thing down there. Also, you know what's awesome about that show? So many people come up to me and say that they enjoyed the documentary mm-hmm. or that they really love the podcast. And man, that is the kind of stuff that just like makes me go, yeah, we're going to do more Kaiju Cast stuff. We're going to get really <laughs> excited about more Kaiju Cast stuff. Like, I don't want to say that I'm getting, I'm not getting bored with the show. It's just my time is so, and I hate complaining about that stuff, but my time is like really spread thin. So it's hard yeah. to, but it's inspir- put a ton of it's effort inspirational. into it. It's absolutely inspirational. So, and actually, I will tell you guys now this too, sort of as a housekeeping announcement. You guys know that the JN Miles X Men podcast is what I do in addition to this, and they're they're a weekly podcast, and I edit the hell out of it. I think a lot of the listeners know that, but they are going on hiatus. They're going on a three month hiatus. So that means <laughs> we are going to be doing some cool stuff. Hopefully. I'm going to be packing the early summer with lots of monstrous activities for us to do. We are going to do a commentary. Nice. I should say it now because that means that people will expect it and then we will do it. It'll become official. It'll become official. We are going to do a commentary for King Kong Escapes. Yes. I have some cool tricks up my sleeve for that. So I won't spoil any of that stuff just in case it doesn't happen. But uh, we're going to be doing that. In addition, some of the people that I met at Monster Palooza, we have those interviews that I recorded. 
And some of the people I met will be joining us at a later time for interviews. So I lined up some really special stuff. Really special. I'm really excited about it. So we're going to go ahead and move along to our next topic. The next topic was, what was the coolest thing you saw at the show, Clancy? That one was uh, pretty easy. And it sounds like they have it every year. They do a um, museum. Oh, yeah, the museum, for sure. centered around, like, statues, uh, artwork. Yeah. Uh, various things Lots like that. Lots of replicas, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that I want to steal this one from Jeff, but I am sitting in the number one seat. <laughs> so they had uh, Quint from Jaws, a sculpture that some guy, and I, I did want to look up at his name, but I didn't. It was a life-size Quint sitting there um, in the chair on the boat. They had the yellow barrels. He was, you know, the crushed beer cans. It looked like he was actually just like sitting there. Yeah. And I think I... So realistic. Yeah, I think I snapped, you know, 30, 40 photos of it, walked back to it at least three or four times while we were in that thing. But it, it was incredible. And I, I mean, I had seen pictures of it already on the internet. Oh, cool, cool. Before going down and did not expect it to be that cool in person i mean it was great online but still um artist nick mara uh, thank you yeah oh, yeah man it looks so good did you get a selfie with it too because i feel like i saw a picture of somebody with it and it just looked like they were hanging out with robert shaw <laughs> yeah. well, i remember like in 2013 yeah um it was greg nicotero had done one with robert shaw richard dreyfus and roy scheider yeah i remember that it was like a different it was a a, it sculpture. was like them kind of hanging out. Yeah, on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean I agree with Clancy. The museum is the highlight. If you love monsters, just going through that thing is like you don't see anything like that at any any other convention. That's true. I mean, everything is just incredible. And the highlight for us when we went through Rick Baker was going through with his family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the was the whole awesome. time. And we were kind of like always like, it seemed like on the same pace yeah, yeah. as him. So I was kind of listening to him talk to his family about, um, some of the pieces. You got the stuff. tour from Rick Baker. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And Rick Baker had a piece there. Which yeah. It was a paper mache. It was beautiful. That was, was so like, gorgeous. It was like incredible. That's one of the things about Monster Palooza is just, it's filled with artistic talent, right? Well, and he wasn't even, I don't even think other than that piece being in there, I don't, he didn't have a table or anything. Mm. He was just hanging out. I mean, he might've been doing something there, but, um, and I just happened to be looking at that Nosferatu piece, which was incredible. And I love that character. I love Nosferatu, Dracula, all that stuff. And I, and I was looking at it and that's when I, and I, I had already seen that Rick Baker was there, Yeah, but to just turn your head to the right and just go, Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> is this another one of those Quint situations where there's a Rick Baker uh, statue? That's King next Kong. To- <laughs> That's yeah. King Kong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, right next to that is like these probably five to eight Clive Barker original paintings. Um, giant. I mean, a couple of them were huge. And it's just like that stuff. I mean, his work is incredible but to just like to he does a lot of stuff on with oils and just to like yeah. being seeing that stuff you can see that with texture, the texture yeah, yeah. Oh, and so cool. you know i i didn't touch it but it's like right in front of you where you're just like you just get you can feel it being yeah. that close to it it's just incredible that 
that that stuff was a part of that. And then you just go a little around the corner and there's life-size predator battling three xenomorphs in this like thing that looks straight out of the films. And it's amazing. That whole museum is awesome. Before we went, I posted that I was going to be doing a lot of Snapchat stuff while we were down there. And I'm happy to report that I did a lot of Snapchat (laughs) stuff while I was down there. And I think Snapchat is lame most of the time, but I think I did a good job of balancing the act, right, of taking regular pictures that stick around forever and posting on Snapchat that disappears. (laughs) However, I did Snapchat a ton of the museum because... Honestly, that is, visually speaking, entertainment-wise, absolutely the highlight of the show, for sure. Anyway, the museum is lovely. If you didn't see it, I think I took some photos. I should probably put a gallery together of all this stuff and put it online, but it's amazing. Just eye candy for days, man. It's good stuff. So, uh, Jeff, would you agree that the the museum, or do you want to branch out and go to something else? Like, what well, else did you think was cool? You know, I, I did say the museum, I think, is the definite highlight of the show. Sure. And something I also want to touch upon is something you brought up a few minutes ago. This show was unlike any other show in that almost table after table is artists, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You don't have, like, a, a lot of conventions where it's just one guy selling pop figures after another yes this is like it's artists it's either paintings or it's sculptures i mean that's pretty much the whole show i mean yeah you have you, have, you know vintage toy sellers and there are vendors there movies. too you know yeah. like the, yeah the guy selling movies but a movies, lot of but toys, it's so also, focused you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. you're not going to like i want to say you're not going to walk by somebody selling candles uh, but there was somebody selling <laughs> yeah. candles but they were horror candles they looked amazing yeah those were incredible i i wanted to bring one back so badly but it's just like you get to the point where it's like one you're spending so much money yeah it's like and i think it even said on there i i I can't remember the artist for that either but it was basically saying this is just like getting one of these sculptures that the artist had done yeah and it looked like one of his sculptures i don't think anybody that probably bought those would probably even burn the candle but they had like oh i would (laughs) <laughs> because they have the heads oh, that true, bleed. True, yeah, true. yeah. Like, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Super cool. But, but, oh, so for the listeners, yeah. these are sculptures, like horrific sculptures, like some hands and heads and skulls. And well, the like Bub from Day yeah, of the Dead. Yeah. And it looks just like a sculpture of Bub from Day of the Dead. And I mean, honestly, I have a candle that's from when my mom went to Ireland when she was like 20. Yeah. So. I mean, you can keep that stuff forever. Uh, if I would have picked it up, yeah, I would have just kept that on the shelf, especially since we live in a state that doesn't get <laughs> to the point where you're, you know, melting candles in your living room in the summer. But, uh, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. There's so many vendors, so many people selling things and so many unique items. And mm-hmm. for somebody like myself, like I'm not a huge horror person, but I love monster movies, especially Japanese stuff, obviously. Yeah. But I have a taste of the macabre i guess you could say i mean we have some taxidermy in the house i have some bones skulls and stuff like that so i a lot of these people were absolutely like targeting me like i'm their audience for sure i'm their audience barely anybody you know i go to a comic-con so many tables i'll walk past like completely not interested yeah Yeah. just at monster palooza though you do have to look at every table you got to see what what people are making and some of it is just masterful, masterful stuff. Yeah, it's like every because we were there Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and I never really got tired because it's like every table was like 
something cool. I feel like every time I walked through, I'd see something new. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was a couple of times I'm like on Sunday, I'm like, I don't think I saw this. Yeah. Table. Yeah. Some tables <laughs> like, actually changed up what they had on display. You know, some of the artists who were only displaying like maybe seven or eight pieces on their table, one table in particular definitely swapped things out. Mm-hmm. But God, just like seriously, talent is just oozing from that convention. What was the coolest thing I saw at the show? Oh, man. You know, I got to say the costumes that you can walk around and see them being applied. And then if you're there all weekend, you get to see them walking around during the show, you know, the the later hours of the show. So amazing. Like some of the amount of work that some people put into these things boggles my mind. Uh, I think I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show before, but Lady Kyle and I have been watching Face Off this season, specifically because Adam Milicevic is on it. We're just amazed at their talent every week, like that they can do these <laughs> these crazy costumes in a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. But then you get, you know, literally get to see it right there. Yeah, like yeah. you had eight hours to work on this dude, and at the end of the night. He's got crazy eyeballs all over his head and yeah. like thorns coming off his shoulders. It's just beautiful stuff there, just filled with beauty of of horrific beauty. Well, to that, it's like you're taking laps through this convention center and weaving, you know, up and down the aisles. And it's like they're going through the entire day. So it's just like you you loop around it like three or four times. And every time it's just this progression on the same person. Mm-hmm. So it's a thought of that's amazing. And then the second one is I could never sit in a makeup chair that long. And it's not even yeah. professional. It's, you know, it's, it, they're professionals, but it's not for a film you know, where they're doing these for like, you know, marathon. For sure. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it, all the people that I saw sitting in the chair look like they were professionals themselves where it was no complaints, just calmly sitting there you know, with his eyes in one specific yeah. spot so that it wouldn't screw up the makeup. And AKA really- torture. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd want to do that at all, but I think really my favorite part of the coolest thing about the show is just how much artistry is going on from the start of the show to the close of the show. I mean, this sounds like I'm wrapping it up, but if you are a monster fan, a horror fan or a special effects makeup fan, and you have not been to monster Palooza, I'm sure there might be another equivalent somewhere, but I can't think of another show that that hits all of those points consistently every time. I mean, it's so fun. That's why I go back. Yeah. Every year, like I think it's so now. unique, you know, because it's based in Southern California where a lot of these people, you know, that's where the industry mm-hmm. is, that's yeah. where they work. So, it's easy for them to transport their creations for them to go to the show. Mhm. Unlike other shows, it's a different type of show. Yeah, it's it's unique. Yeah, I wonder if there is an equivalent in you know on the East Coast or because uh, I've been to Monster Mania, right? Yeah, that's and Monster in, Mania that's in New Jersey. Right? Yeah, I think they they might have a couple different ones. I'm not sure. The one I went to was in New Jersey, and it was a standard horror convention. It reminded me very much of Crypticon. Yeah, yeah. except maybe a little bit bigger, but yeah. still kind of the same vibe as Crypticon. Have yeah. you been to that one yet, Clancy? Not yet, but it's uh, on the schedule in a couple of weeks here. It's on the list. <laughs> nice. So what I was just saying is, you know, the long-winded version is, if you haven't been to Monster Palooza and you love that stuff, you really owe it to yourself to check it out. You know what? Everybody is friendly there. <laughs> like, yeah, I was, I'm not surprised, but I mean, it's just so great 
you all sort of have the same vibe flowing through you. You know what I mean? Everybody's freak flag is flying. Everybody's in a good mood because they're with their brethren. Yeah. They're monster brethren. Yeah. And, and plus, in this venue here, I mean, the whole place is surrounded by hotels. I would recommend anybody, if you don't live in L.A., and you love, like you said, if you love monsters, you got to go to this show. At least once in your life, you've got to experience this. For sure. So uh, let's talk about some of the things that we got. So, Clancy, what was one of the coolest things you got, or your favorite thing you got from the show? That one's an easy one, because basically we got to the convention um, a little late, but uh, <laughs> we don't need to go into the travel fiasco. Um <laughs> We had a plan, which was to go over to see Yuji and Michi as soon as we got there. Yeah, those are, so those are the M1. people who run M1, yeah. And that is what we did. Got through the doors, went over to their table and, you know, said hello. And, I mean, I'm sure people have heard the episode, but just the fact that we were able to go through his collection when we were all in Japan, mm-hmm. I was very much like, when we said goodbye, when we were in Japan, they said they were going to Monster Palooza, and it was like, and I already knew I was going, I will see you there. So it was just great to see them again, say hello, thank you, all that. But then, of course, you start looking at all the cool stuff <laughs> that they oh have on their God. table. And um, <laughs> I bought a few things from them, but specifically, the second that I saw that they had their Mothra Twin set that comes with the two twin larvae, um, I think it was probably early 2000s that they... That it originally came out, uh-huh. but that connects directly to the fact they had showed us the Mothra twins when we were looking through his collection. Yeah. I wanted those anyway, but just the fact that that was my favorite part of seeing his collection, and I could never thank him enough for show- showing me that yeah. stuff, um, and even going back and looking at the pictures that we, we can't post, but... I can see the emotion on my face when I got to do that. And everybody that sees them is like, oh, man, you look so jazzed. Yeah. So buying those from them and now having those in my collection, not that I'll ever forget that anyway, but. It's a nice reminder. Yeah. Yeah, And that's why that was just that personal connection. And I mean, I always love being able to actually buy directly from people at these shows, Mm -hmm. especially when it's like these smaller people where you you have an interaction already online it's already somewhat personal because it's not this massive organization but to actually be able to go up you know exchange in person shake hands whatever so that was my favorite nice jeff what's your favorite thing you got from the show well i'm i made a point when i got to the show and i was looking around like you know because i'm a big toy guy i have a lot of toys and collectibles but I made the point that, like, if there's something here that, you know, I can get online, I'm just going to get it online. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many artists selling prints and sculptures and stuff, I'm like, that's what I want to get here. Yeah, you seem to really you know? zero in on a lot of art. Yeah, so I'm like, because, you know, you meet the artists there. So, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I want to take advantage of, of doing that. So there's this artist, uh, Terry Wolfinger. Um, I know you have some magnets on your fridge. Oh, yeah, that yeah. you got a couple years ago there. And I love his work. He does all like classic monsters and uh, kind of pop culture portraits. And they just are so vibrant and alive. Yeah, so the I, colors he uses. It's almost it's almost Gogos-esque in a sense. It is Gogos-esque, kind of but he has like a different, little bit of a different yeah. different style. Darker. Things are a little bit uh, 
Yeah, they darker just seem, yet vibrant. Yes. Yeah. So I so I bought um, the bride and and Karloff as the monster. A couple of those prints. I got. Um, I think those are my two favorite things that I got. I also got a a different artist, um, Andrew Tarasov. Russian. Andrew Tarasov. Yes, he does a lot of kind of pinup style prints of uh, pop culture icons and stuff, and he's got this whole series of kind of the uh, classic horror babes, which are like oh, Vampire, yeah. The Bride, Lily Munster, and Morticia. And I bought Lily Munster and Morticia because those are my two favorites, and I uh, really liked those. And of course, I fell. I, I'd been kind of resisting this of falling down the vinyl pinhole. You know what I mean? Oh, the enamel pinhole? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The enamel pinhole. And I'm like, I saw, like, there's a lot, because those are really kind of jumped up in popularity over the last year. They're trendy. <laughs> they are trendy. And I saw some of these vendors that had some. One was like London 1888 is yep. this company. Yep. And I was like, <sighs> I can't resist some of these. So I got a couple. And then another vendor, Legends, had a couple. So I bought some from them. And then, you know, after the weekend, you have 10 you've bought. So I've just kind of come to the realization like, okay, I got 10. I might as well get 50. Because <laughs> once you buy one, really, you're, it's like you're, you know, you're... There's a Simpsons episode where Lisa gets addicted to buying Olympic pins, enamel pins. Yeah. And, and Gretchen, uh, Gretchen and I and Lady Kyle are all semi-pen obsessed as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. they look so cool. So you look at them and be like, oh my God, these are like really nice pieces yeah so i bought a, a number of those and then um there was this artist that was doing these kind of like little tiny resin sculptures and i kept walking by his booth a couple times and he had um i, I have a, a fetish for the, the flying monkeys from the wizard of oz so we had this little sculpture is fetish the word you want to use for that <laughs> maybe okay <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with it Okay, we're going to keep it family yeah. friendly too. Flying monkey head, this like little sculpture of a flying monkey head. And I and I bought that too and I'm I'm just, I'm just really pleased with everything that I, that I got the show. I got a couple books. I got the um, Art of Japanese Monsters, which was Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. a fantastic book. So Jeff just totally went into his entire hall. <laughs> I did. Cool. I did. I'm like I can't I, like, I can't uh, pick one. It's I, like choosing I'm just, a I'm favorite child. Go, I'm just going to go through it all. Yep. Sophie's choice, Jeff. All right. Well, the my favorite things that I got at the show. Uh, oh my god. Okay. So, like Jeff, it's kind of hard to choose. I didn't get that much stuff, but the stuff that I got is at least worth sharing. So, the first thing that I will say is, uh, <laughs> yes. oh, it's time to stop the alarm. That is the sound of my M1 Godzilla on tricycle toy. <laughs> it's so adorable it is adorable i remember the very first time i ever saw these i was like that is the stupidest thing i've ever seen <laughs> and it is stupid but it's adorable in a stupid way <laughs> so i i still feel good about getting it um because man was it affordable and i got the glow in the dark version so this was from the m1 table this is definitely one of my favorite things that i've gotten in a long time just because it's so goofy. Yeah. Plus, it was extremely affordable compared to how much it would have cost if I had bought it through a third party on Yahoo Japan or or the like. Enjoy, listeners. Enjoy. Sorry. Okay. Uh, another thing, actually, that I really love that I got is is also from M1's table. Clancy, you remember when we were there and we were perusing the toy room. 
Boy, do I. Boy, do I, yes. Uh, so while we were looking at the toy room, I spotted this gorgeous GMK Varan. And anybody who knows what I love about giant monster movies knows that Varan is my jam, GMK is my jam, and the fact that Varan was an unused monster in one of the original pitches for GMK back when it was called something different, obviously. I love that design. And uh, so when I saw it at Yuji's house in his collection, I kind of lost it. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I've only seen a picture of this on the internet once. I didn't know who made it. I didn't know where to get it. I had no idea what the deal is with it. I lost my mind. (laughs) But I tried to keep it together a little bit. I don't remember if I said this in the episode, but at the very end of our visit... I just uh, approached Yuji and I was like, um, I don't know if you have any more of those for <laughs> sale. Just let me know because I am very interested. This is an item that I honestly thought I would never, ever see. I've never seen it ever. And I look at Yahoo Japan quite a lot. I look at Mandarake all the time. So the fact that it was just, I, I had seen one in person, I was just flabbergasted by it. So... Anyway, so I'm talking with Jim before the show. We're chatting about stuff because I'm lining up interview things with him. And uh, during the conversation, I said, oh, you know, if uh, if Yuji, because I knew they, they were coming to Monster Palooza, I was like, if Yuji really wants to break my bank, you should have him bring one of those Varan kits. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> so uh, they brought the Varan kit, and I very happily paid for it, even though it was very pricey. They apparently only sold a few of them. Limited production. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that means necessarily, <laughs> uh, except uh, high dollar price tag, ladies and gentlemen. Just kind of not trying to brag because I don't really like spending money that much. So I just like owning cool things. Yes. Um, what I was going to say earlier, by the way, <laughs> you said something about your creature kit. So Jeff got this creature from the Black Lagoon. This is going to make model kit builders listening to this scream. Mm-hmm. Jeff purchased a creature from the Black Lagoon resin kit in 2013, mm-hmm. to which I was like, oh, what are you going to do with that? And he was just like, I'm just going to put it up here, just as is. Well, it already is kind of a cool kind of like... Yeah, it's like a, it's like a green, green greenish, resin. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's cool and everything. But I was like... Oh, but that base is just, it's so ugly. Let me, let me just, let me paint it up for you. Let me do something. It's, it won't take me any time at all. <laughs> that was 2013. Four years later. What year is it now? <laughs> 2017. Four years later. Jeff is a patient, patient man. Yeah. I kind of think I, that he forgets he, <laughs> that it's I'm over like, here. Oh, yeah, I have that thing. <laughs> My problem is that if nobody like bugs me about something, sometimes I let it slide, as you can tell. <laughs> So, uh, apologies, but I thought it would be hilarious for when you came in for me to be like, dude, I built up the Varan kit already. Let me show it to you. But I just didn't have it in me. <laughs> yes. No, no hurry. Yeah. It's been four years. I can wait another 10. Yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. I, got, I, got I have no good. room for the damn thing anyways. So that I was wondering about that. Where are you going to put pretty, it? I'll, I'll, I mean, it's pretty good size. It's like, I think the creature is like 15 inches. Yeah. Tall it's a tall, like tall that. statue. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll find room. Whenever, <laughs> okay. You know, like, I'll get it done, man. All right. I Keep believe. me on task. Listeners. Keep me on task. As soon as this episode wraps, uh, you know no. what you're going to be doing tonight. Uh, well, in May, the garage is getting a good clean out and then 
I'll that's, have a I'll have a workbench again. That's going to be thrown in the dumpster. No, that is not. I've also like, got a Godzilla like a a head there too, like a like a sort of life size human size head, like this mask here, but resin head that somewhere in this house I need to mount it once I've finished building it up. Since we've digressed and I don't need to keep talking about my model kit collection, let's actually hear from a good friend of ours while we were down there. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but Steve Rifle joined us and uh, he has a little message for the Kaiju cast. This is Steve Rifle, writer and Godzilla historian. Congratulations to Kyle and the Kaiju cast on 200 episodes! And we're back talking about Monster Palooza for a little bit longer, at least. So uh, I'm curious. We talked about some of the guests that were the show. I was, of course, very excited to see and meet Kate Amamiya and see again Mizuhu Yoshida. Clancy, did you have anybody that uh, you met at the show? Yeah, this is a little a little different than the celebrity guests, but um, one of the things that I do as a hobby is I collect Blu-rays films specifically you know big focus on horror films and uh right now there's currently a number of these like small you know businesses that are putting these things out and a few of them actually had tables at the convention Mm -hmm. it was specifically vinegar syndrome scream factory and severin films (laughs) vinegar syndrome that's a cool name (laughs) (laughs) and those guys were really cool which is what i was getting to which is you know again small i mean these are scream factories part of shout factory so it's a little bigger but it's still a small section of that business but i mean these are like people that love these films as much as the people that are buying them yeah and to be able to actually like go and meet those guys because some of them were i mean they're all employees of those businesses but some of them were the people that are acquiring films Mm -hmm. and to be able to go over their table and talk to them and be like they're just as excited about like some of these insane films that you would never expect to be given a deluxe Blu-ray treatment to. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even expect anyone to preserve them at all in some cases. <laughs> and even cooler than that was like, I'm sitting there talking to the guys at vinegar syndrome and they're like, did you see what the guys over at Severn are putting out? That's crazy. And just geeking out over horror films with the people that are putting in the time and effort to like, bring these oh, things yeah, to us sure. so they don't get lost. No, that I super appreciate that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And uh so I definitely picked up some stuff from them. But then again, like I said, just talked about the releases and said, I can't believe you put this out and laughed about some of the insanity with these films. And it was a lot of fun to actually do that in person. I was really excited that they were there and it delivered being able to 
go over to their tables. That's awesome. Jeffrey, who did you meet at the show? Well, you know, the only people I got, I only got two autographs, and that was from Harry Manfredini, who was the composer for the front of the 13th films, as well as other movies, and then Tom Savini, effects mm-hmm. master. But one of the great things about Monster Palooza is because there's so many guests there, and the way the tables are situated, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait in a long line. You can just walk by and see the people. So, of course, this show had, you know, probably 50, 60 different guests, one of them being, of course, the just gorgeous Cassandra Peterson. Woo-woo! You know, I had met her before, but it's just cool that you can walk by and see everybody. Elvira, for those who are not in the know. Yeah, and of course, there's Linda Blair, and of course, Robert Englund was there, because you, you couldn't see him, though, because he just had like a wall of people constantly snaked around him. But there is one gentleman I want to bring up. Who wasn't really a guest, but he roams around Monster Palooza. And that's Professor Wes Weasley. Yes! (laughs) Thank God! Professor Wes Weasley. I was going to call you out so hard if you didn't bring him up. Okay. Yeah. um, And this this was a gentleman that I saw four years ago. And I think Kyle had, we had talked about it briefly, like after the last Monster Palooza. Just briefly, like. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, he's kind of like a gentleman who roams around the convention with theremin, um, some crazy goggles and a, and a lab coat. And he's like a mad scientist, but he's just extremely funny. So as far, I think on Friday and Saturday, I hadn't seen him yet, but then Sunday we saw him. And then we just walked into one section of the convention and there he was. He wasn't surrounded by anybody. So I got my picture taken with him a couple times. Kyle posted a, or not posted, but recorded a video with me. And we're just kind of like, we're having a mad scientist moment together. <laughs> he gave me his card. We're going to be buddies. Fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys are going to be buddies. You should also mention though, that after we walked away from him, you actually read the back of the card and it had a little special message to you. Do you have it? Do you have the card? <laughs> I have the card. I brought the card here. Card given to me by Professor Wes Weasley. This is to certify that the bearer of this card has played the theremin. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was one of the highlights of the weekend. Congratulations on learning to play the theremin so well. Yes. I mean, that's... That's some mad skills. I had only previous. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke. Okay. <laughs> I had only previously heard the legend and, you know, people talk about how awesome something is, but like one, it was awesome. But two, Jeff's not lying. I mean, this dude sitting to the sitting next to me right now was legitimately excited to see this guy again. And he just thing, bugged me so many times about the video. Yeah, yeah. So when he says this was his favorite guest, I 100, 100% believe him. I buy it, man. I buy it. Yeah. You can look at my face on the video too. I'm excited. <laughs> Should I post that on the? Sure. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes to a video that is a, ver- it's a vertical video. So if you hate vertical videos, just be forewarned. It's not good video production. It's, Straight off my phone in a you dark know, room. One thing we should also mention, and mm. this is kind of, you know, obscure, but on Friday night from the hotel, taking an Uber to Monster Palooza. Oh, had, right. We yes. had sort of a kind of surreal monster trip. moment. Okay, monster so, moment. Yeah. So I'll intro it and then you guys can talk a little bit about it because you have seen the movie, whereas I, 
if I have seen the movie, I may not have been sober. <laughs> so we stayed about like walking. It was about a half an hour walk, you guys said, maybe? Yeah. If you walk like me, an hour. If you walk like Jeff, yeah. an hour. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, we got there and I was like, well, I'm taking an Uber in. So I called an Uber or we went to go get Starbucks mm-hmm. and this guy came to pick us up. And uh, Clancy when, almost was left. That's right. He was almost ride. left. He ran over <laughs> left on the curb. Please, ran over his foot. Please, <laughs> sir. I'm not in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, adventures. So we get in the car and the guy's like, oh, where are you coming from? Where are you going? And, you know, he's being really friendly and chatty, which I kind of like in Uber, you know, as long as it's not a creeper. <laughs> and he seemed like a nice older gentleman. And uh, then we said we were going to Monster Palooza. To which he then responded. He, he, he kind of chuckled. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I was in a horror movie once, way back like 1970. And then we were all kind of silent for about 10 seconds. And I remember I think like, oh, what, what, what movie? Clancy. I drink your blood. <laughs> to which I said, are you serious? <laughs> and I think he was kind of excited at my reaction to that. So what was his name, Jeff? His name was Tide Kearney. We asked him, um, because it's been almost 50 years, so we couldn't tell. Plus, I was looking at the back of his head, so, you know, I couldn't, I was in the back seat. Yeah, so, um, you know, our ride was only about 10 minutes or something, but, you know, he was kind of talking about, you know, tough business, and he did shoot, shot this movie 50 years ago, and that just a couple of years ago, Quentin Tarantino ha- had him come out to uh, the New Beverly out there, and they screened the movie, and he was like, oh, I felt like a celebrity, people taking my picture. And all this kind that of stuff. That was super so. cool, yeah. That was a great how do you do to Monster Palooza. So there's also an, a cool after the fact to that story as well. So about three months before we went down to Monster Palooza, I picked up the new Blu-ray of I Drink Your Blood, uh, which is from Grindhouse Releasing. Another one of those releases where you're just like all this love and care put into this old, you know, film about a bunch of hippies that are a cult and it involves rabies and <laughs> Charles Manson esque like the, the guy that wrote and directed it said, I like took a story about a real town where a bunch of people got rabies and mixed it with that Manson stuff. It's an insane film and it's a lot of fun. Um, but I picked up that Blu-ray release and I'm watching, I watched the film again last night and then went through the bonus features and that, night that he's talking about is on the disc, the disc as a yeah. bonus feature no because, way that's yeah. cool and somebody had it's from 2003 so i don't know if he had another screening or i mean it very well it is at the new bev and it's like they don't have mics and it, it sounds fine though but it's you know a guy with a handheld camera shot this thing and there's our you know there's tide kearney sitting next to the writer director um and i mean it's a great q a it's it's a lot of fun but it was another surreal moment where you're like, that was awesome. But this is even cooler now that I can see exactly what he was talking about because he was just like, I felt like a star, you know, I he's, he's got some other credits, but he didn't go on to do a lot of stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, but he had that same energy in the Q and a that he had when he was our driver. And it was just like, he's a real nice guy. And it was just, that's cool. Fun to have that interaction. And, walk away with that it's like i didn't think that was going to be the you know <laughs> my horror movie moment was yeah in the uber but that's 
you know, Hollywood, California. Uh, only LA. in Hollywood, folks. <laughs> only in Hollywood. You never know who your Uber driver is going to be. That's right. <laughs> I really wish you would have got a picture with him. But, you know, he dropped us off right there. There's no time to do anything like yeah. that. And, yeah. he, and he's on the clock. He's working. Yeah. He's That's to, right. He's trying That's to right. make some money. That's right. So. He's got to go entertain other people. That's right. But no, that was that was a really cool chance encounter. I'm trying to think of anybody that I met that I, oh my God, oh my God, I have the perfect companion story to that. <laughs> because as I was um, talking, you know, in, in terms of speaking about people that we sort of accidentally met, I was uh, waiting to give Mizuho Yoshida a t-shirt. And so I was just standing there politely waiting and just kind of hanging out. You know, he was talking with a Japanese woman at his table. And so I didn't want to be rude. I was just there to give him something. I wasn't there to buy anything from his table. So um, I was just kind of sitting there waiting. And then eventually he sort of like gestures towards me. And, and he does not speak English. And to reiterate, I don't really speak Japanese. So I was like awkwardly asking him his shirt size, right? Because I'm going to give him a T-shirt. He's a big guy, but I didn't know how big, right? Like my eyes deceive me. Is he a Japanese medium or is he, you know, American large? So, uh, so his friend actually spoke English and she leans over to me and she says, Oh, what did you need to know his shirt size for it? I said, Oh, I have a shirt for him. And so she spoke to him. Uh, so he sort of introduced me to her in Japanese and she spoke to me in English. And then she said, Oh, I work with Yoshida san. And I was in a Godzilla movie, too. And she shows me a picture of the Godzilla X Megaguirus poster. And I was like, oh, who who were you in this movie? And she said she was the stunt actress who was basically doing the stunt work for Misato Tanaka. Her character is Kiriko Sujimori, the captain of or, you know, whatever her actual title is of the G Grasper unit. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> You climbed on top of Godzilla's back. You are the only human being to do that ever. That is so cool. And so now we are Facebook friends. <laughs> and she was only at the show. I mean, she was not a guest at the show. No, no, she was she just, was just attending there attending the show. Correct. Yeah, Matoko yeah. Nagino Sakamoto. That's her name. Yeah, and she lives in L.A. Yeah, she lives in L.A. Actually, uh, I checked out her reel, her mm -hmm. stunt reel. She's a total badass. You don't want to mess with that chick, Jeff. <laughs> Leave her alone. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, she was really nice. That was sort of like my unexpected meeting a person. So let's uh, bring the room down a little bit. I got to know you guys. What are your criticisms of Monster Palooza as a show? We've talked, I mean, we've spoken a lot about how much we love this show. It's time to tell the other side of the story. This one didn't take much time at all. It's, uh, for me, definitely the lack of panel support. Um, there really wasn't a lot of, you know, panel action going on. Sure. Yeah. There was, there didn't even seem to be a lot of space for it. And to me, I mean, I know it's not necessarily what the show is about, mm -hmm. but if I had to say personally what I really dig about, like that seems like a great opportunity to be promoting horror films that are coming out when you have those people together. And they did do that for like the new Chucky film. Sure. Um, yeah. But you've got a lot of guests coming in and there just really didn't seem like there was a lot of that compared to other conventions. That's true. So they have a panel room yeah. and then they also have a screening room. Um, I didn't go to anything in either of those rooms this year. Last year they had the Japanese guests and they had a panel for them, which was really cool. 
Um, I recorded it, but it, it's one of those things that just does not, it's not going to translate well. It wasn't that kind of panel. So it was really cool to see, but this year they didn't have one. And so I sort of kind of ignored the panels. There was actually one for shallow water, which we'll talk about in a little bit too. So I didn't hit any of the panels this year, but I completely agree with you. I'm also going to piggyback on that a little bit when it comes time to me. This is going to sound lame, but that's the only criticism I have as well. But the thing is, because this show, there's so much to look at. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if there was a ton of panels, I would even want to do that many panels. Yeah, I can understand that. And also because the line to get into some of these panels, you have to wait an hour, hour and a half to even get in. You know, I know like they had like a Nightmare on Elm Street panel. Oh, is that what those lines were for? And there was a line that like it was like two hours long just to get in that. And I'm like, I mean, if you wait two hours and you stay for an hour long panel, that's that's three hours of your day. And the convention's only open, you know, from 11 to 6. So it's not like a lot of time. So I totally just had a light bulb go off in my head because I realized why they were putting people in lines outside the building is so that they didn't clog up those hallways. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I get that. Now, okay. So I agree with you that there's just so much to see at Monster Palooza that maybe panels aren't missing. But for me, like that is also my complaint about Monster Palooza as well. It's just, it's less about the the panels themselves and more about just programming in general. Mm-hmm. As you and I discussed earlier tonight, Jeff, I know that Monster Palooza is essentially a family run show. And I think that is really where its downfall is. The downfall is that you don't have the same vibe that you do from a professional, super professional, because I'm not trying to diss Monster Palooza. Okay. While I'm complaining about this, I freaking love the show. So please nobody think I'm actually like doing anything but like just saying my truths here. But basically, if we go to Emerald City Comic Con, there's a form to fill out to say, do you want to submit a panel? Mm-hmm. there's a form to fill out if you're press. Yeah. There are all these considerations for things that happen and people that want to get involved outside of the immediate family of the people who are running that show. So I think that's really where the show needs some support. And I wish they would get support from outside with and still be able to keep Monster Palooza feeling like Monster Palooza. Well, I think like maybe because this year there was a lot of talk about how like on Saturday people didn't even they waited an hour hours to oh, get in yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even get in. So I'm thinking like maybe next year or the year after because the show feels like it's getting bigger and bigger and there's more and more people, maybe they will branch out a little bit and realize this is not a small time show anymore. Right. This is becoming a big, big show. Well, and if you had like some kind of a secondary, I don't know what, if they could have a secondary place where they were putting people, but if, like you said, maybe not just panels. And again, they did have other stuff. So I don't want to make it sound like it was just, that wasn't there. But if you had a bit of a release valve where you could funnel people to those other events that people were coming in and putting on, you know, anything you could think of the stuff, like the stuff that they, people wind up coming to those places like Rose city with the ideas they throw out. Maybe that would pull some of the people away so that you could have actually let in more people versus everyone funneling into that one, you know, giant space all day long. And the fire marshal had to come in and say, uh, you're not letting anybody else in. These people all have to go home. That was early too. Wasn't it? Uh, well, it was like midday. Yeah. But I mean, 
I consider that early. Well, midday, midday for Ronster Palooza is like two o'clock, right? Yeah. Yeah. What I would say too, with that being even worse though, with midday is that it sucks because it happened so early, but it was still late enough that there were people that were waiting a long time. They got turned away. Yeah, that does suck. That does suck. But I mean, so maybe that all stems from the same thing, the, the show being small in organization. Yeah. And while the show has some great organization, I mean, just like I said, off the top of my head, I came up with a great panel idea earlier tonight. And like, I just feel like if they had somebody that was like, it's their job to be the panel person. Yeah. You know, and another person to handle PR, which would include press requests, which I mean, granted, I'm saying these things as a podcaster who would like to cover the show for free. I mean, I don't feel bad if for any reason giving Monster Palooza this free great review in general about the show. Like that's not an issue for me. Just it would make it more enticing for me, especially if the press considerations also included some sort of interview process, you know, like yeah. if you wanted to interview people, you could check and see if they could be interviewed essentially. Yeah. Luckily I have my connection with celebrity icons, so I don't have to worry about monster Palooza getting back to me. But yeah. I mean, as some listeners know, I emailed them a long time ago and never, ever, ever, ever heard back. So I'm going to assume that they don't take press requests yeah i think i have to assume that (laughs) you know but uh but it would be but i'm just saying it'd be nice if the show acted its age mm -hmm. essentially like i know that's a terrible way to put it but like at some point elliot brodsky's family has to say to itself hey we should probably get somebody in here to help bump this up to the next level well i think after this year because i think this was the first year that i'd ever heard of where people could not get in yeah, that is a big deal. But so yeah, I think I maybe they'll think like we have before. to reevaluate, you know, our organization, our volunteers, all this type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. So maybe you know maybe things will change as as the show gets bigger. Yeah. So. I wonder if they could open earlier, <laughs> like open well, at like ten a.m. It's like you know eleven to six. It's not a it's long a, time. They it's could not, e- but it's they still, could easily do like standard. Yeah, but they, I think they could do like you know ten, 10 to, seven, to seven. Sure. You know, Friday night it's open like six to eleven. You're dealing with a bunch of artists, Jeff. They don't like to get up too early. That's true. Oh, and if it's Steve Johnson's special effects artist, he doesn't even like to be at his table. <laughs> there was only I was going to buy his book, and I n- never saw him at his table. I walked by his table probably five or six times. He was at his table one time. <laughs> he wasn't actually at his table. He was outside of it talking to somebody. <laughs> so we should talk a little bit about Friday night. Yeah, yeah. So on Friday night, knowing that this was a three-day show... And knowing that I already had plans for Saturday night, and we really wanted to have plans for Sunday night anyway, we had to have our listener party on Friday night. I thought it was great. Like, we went to this place called The Dog House, which was just a couple of blocks away. Yeah. And, uh, like, really close walk. And and they had a lot of beer. They had a lot of really bad-for-you food. And I thought we had a pretty awesome turnout. It was a great turnout. I mean, we had, like, over 10 people, right, there that showed up. Well, I it tell you, like, you know what we, we could do. When we first got there, there was, I'm like, Keith showed up, and there's a couple people, Steve, and then slowly throughout the night, it just seemed like more and more people started showing up. Yeah, we had a we had a pretty good turnout. You know what we could do is we could uh, we could play this right here. Too evil. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I am here at the Kaiju Cast Listener Party at Monster Palooza. Sitting here at the table with me, we have Stephen Schilling. Hey, how's it going? Jeff Dean. What up? Keith Foster. Evil. Jay 
JR Gervais. <laughs> Clancy. Howdy, folks. Mark Jaramillo. Hello. I've already forgotten your name, Thomas. I got it, Thomas. He's thumbs upping me, but he's 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 cheering, and I can feel it. Also, Chris Eaton is here, but he's got to talk to the waitress. Uh, also, Mark's lady, Adrian, is here. And uh, Kevin from the Major Patrol podcast is here. And we are here at the listener party, like I said earlier. And so, how does it feel to know that the Kaiju cast is on its 200th episode? Oh. Incredible. Yeah, completely amazing. <laughs> completely amazing. Thank you, man. <laughs> that means a lot. Anyway. There we go. I don't know what we're going to do with this. I'm not going to go around and ask everybody their favorite moment from the Kaiju Cast history, but uh, I just want to say I'm glad you guys are all here, and this is probably going to make it in episode 200. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's where it's going in the episode. But yeah, we had a great time. Uh, All of those people showed up. So I love listener parties, right? Listener parties are, I mean... You guys know this from hanging out with me. I love talking about Godzilla stuff. And and talking with other fans about Godzilla stuff is really... That's one of the reasons I love G-Fest so much. So listener parties are like a no-brainer. I want to have them everywhere. Well, the first time I met uh, Keith Foster was at a listener party, I believe. So it's one of those awesome things where it's like, I got to see Keith again because we were at another listener party and you know, he's a fellow metalhead, So I just like wind up talking to him probably more about metal than Godzilla <laughs> at the, you know, Kaiju cast. Listener no, that, party. Was, that was fun though. Um, but you, I love it and I love seeing him. And then, you know, you get to meet new people. So it's like, you know, if we go down there again next year, I can't wait to see them all again. And whoever else decides to come for sure. Yeah. It, it was a blast. And that, that was definitely a cool place. I'm yeah. not going to call out the people who didn't show up. Because you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, that's one of the fun things about going to conventions, too, is running into people mm-hmm. yeah. and reconnecting with friends that you don't see very much. I know just like kind of like walking around the floor, we ran into uh, a couple of ex-Portlanders, like, you know, Matt Huntley. We ran into uh, Devin Devereaux. Oh, I missed stuff. Devin. Yeah, he, said he wanted me to tell you hello. Damn it. Um but yeah, I mean, and, and high back, Devin, and the uh, listener party is you know one of the highlights of uh, of uh, you know when we all get together like we had them in Seattle. We have yeah, we uh, haven't done that in a while too. Yeah. yeah, and we've had you know the last couple of years a couple of great ones right here in Portland, you know, at Rose City, which has always been a a blast. And that's like the first time I met Clancy, which was like about a year and a half ago was oh yeah at, at when we had that. So just great times. Yeah, listener parties are pretty much always like the highlight of whatever week that is for me. So G-Fest listener parties are fun, but the problem is that that bar shuts down a little too early. And the outdoor patio is basically like everybody goes to the outdoor patio unless they're partying in somebody's room. How rad would it be to get like a suite there (laughs) one year? (laughs) I think they give those to the guests. But anyway, uh, yeah, listener parties are a blast and it is, it's always fun to meet people. Like I said earlier, like I love it when people just come up and tell me, uh, that they love the podcast or they like the documentary and, you know, they want to talk to me about some stuff therein. And so at those listener parties, that really gives me a chance to, like, hang out with people that I don't get to hang out with on the regular. Um, like, for example, you mentioned Steven and Keith. You know, those are those are people that I've met over the years and we've been friends for a while. And we just barely even see each other at G-Fest alone. 
So being able to sit down and have like essentially a meal and some beers and just kind of shoot the breeze is just super pleasant. It's awesome. So I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I should also talk about this guest dinner that happened at Monster Palooza last year. They had Haruo Nakajima, Linda Miller, and Shinji Nishikawa, who is an artist at that show. And so they had this cool dinner where we went to a Japanese hibachi place and they had three tables, one for each guest, and then a whole bunch of fans were invited to come along. And so we basically got to share a meal with these people, which was incredible. I sat next to Haruo Nakajima last year, <laughs> which was funny because uh, it was funny primarily because I don't really speak Japanese and he definitely didn't speak English, but he was so quiet and it was so loud in there that I couldn't even understand him. Like it was mostly a, a bunch of gestures and nods and smiles and, <laughs> and like passing the sauce back and forth and so <laughs> forth. But this year I got to sit at Kaita Amamiya's table next to Robert Trock and the translator, Emily. And uh, yeah, it's just another really fun time. The cool thing about those is like seeing those guests have an interaction directly with the fans, like seeing them at the table, in a sense, there's a table between them. You know, it's like sort of a, in, in, again, in a sense, sort of a barrier. Like I'm on this side of the table, you're on that side of the table. Sure, they get the pictures together and stuff like that. But this was literally hanging out I could say, oh, could you ask Amamiya what he thought his next project was going to be after he finished Mikazuki or something? And like the translator would just ask and then he would answer. And uh, it was just it was just fun to have that kind of access. Bob Johnson from Sci-Fi Japan was at our table and he pulled out his phone and he had a photo that he took of him and Amamiya in 2000 when, uh, yeah, when G-Fest was at, I think, I don't think it was in Burbank that time, but when G-Fest was in LA for its second time. Yeah, I saw Bob posted that like on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Then and now. (laughs) It's good stuff. Well, and I I went into it on the uh, episode that we recorded in Japan, so I won't go too deeply into it, but it's like, there is something universal, something very human about getting together and sharing a meal mm-hmm. and even without being able to speak, I, 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 Jeff and I didn't go to that dinner, but I saw some of the pictures that were being posted that you were getting tagged in on Facebook. And it's just like to see some of those people that were having that interaction, they all seem to be having that same thing where it was just that small bit of basic, you know, simple human interaction. Oh yeah. It's incredible. And I mean, it's all, it feels like that among friends, but it, you also get a bit of that, even if it is a stranger or, you know, maybe not a stranger, but like a guy that you've watched his work. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't take much and it, it happens there where it doesn't always happen. Like you said at the table. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that I like Anthony Bourdain's work so much, like his TV shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he, a lot of times, instead of it just being like, we're going to make this meal, it's like he sits down and starts eating with the person and they have the conversation over a meal. And like, I know that he's a cook and that's sort of like what ties the whole room together essentially for him. But like, that was honestly, I was like, wow, what a brilliant way to get people to like, just kind of open up and relax. You're eating together, just doing your standard stuff where you just, just banter. Totally. Sharing a meal with someone is a great way to get to know somebody. And absolutely really happy. I went to that. And anytime they do that, I think I'm going to be in because it was totally worth it, in my opinion. It really feels like almost meeting new friends, you know, at that kind of thing. And 
seeing old friends is another treat for me at Monster Palooza. You know, obviously Jim and Shigeko from Celebrity Icons were there. It was great seeing Bob Johnson and Kevin D'Antonio and Keith Foster and Mark Jaramillo. And it was cool hang, like seeing Lenny. Like Lenny is the guy that did those incredible pencil drawings. And he had just finished the one oh, for yeah, Mizuo right. Yoshida. Yeah. Oh my God, that dude is. He should have a table. Ridiculously talented. Next time at Monster Palooza, because he could sell. I think there's a huge waiting list for Monster Palooza. Yeah, somebody. I think. Who were we talking to? said it was four years late. The, was that my friend Matt? Oh, it was at the uh, Oddity Shop. Oh, oh yeah. right, right, oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. We went on Monday. That's like I right. It was a four year wait. Yeah, so I mean, I would love for Lenny to have a have a table there, but <laughs> it sounds like he's got to wait a while. So, regardless, it was really great seeing those people, and it was really great meeting new people. I got to meet Paul Komoda. We'll have an interview with him a little bit later. This is another gentleman here, and hopefully, we will have an interview with him in the very near future. Hi, this is William Stout, production designer for the 1982-83 Never Made American Godzilla film. I just want to tell Kaiju Cast congratulations on your 200th episode. You guys should be really proud. Yes, that's right. Bill Stout just congratulated us for <laughs> 200 episodes. I uh, really can't wait to talk to him. It's really going to be exciting, actually. I met him last year, and I was really hoping to talk to him last year. But I don't know if you guys heard this. Like, I didn't record a single interview in 2016's uh, Monster Palooza schedule. I was like yeah. completely not happening. Was not in the cards. So I I feel like I made up for it this year. So that pretty much wraps up our Monster Palooza chat. We actually did some cool stuff after the fact. We went to Grill 'em All with Keith Foster and his family, a metal themed burger joint, and it is insane if you have not been to Grill 'em All. All the burgers are metal themed, so you guys remember what you had? I do remember yes. what I had. Waste them all. I had the Metallica. And then I had Jump in the Fryer. So <laughs> Yes, you had like, it was like, every, we don't need to talk about it. No, I, I want to bring it up. <laughs> Kyle had like, on his burger, it was like, between two massive waffle buns, was like every meat group. <laughs> right? The pork, beef, chicken. I guess there wasn't any fish on there, was there? Not that I could tell. Yeah. That was massive. So I put and, a little fish sauce on it. Yeah, and you you did some damage to that. I did some damage to it, but I, thankfully I stopped. You guys don't think there was very much left, but I can tell you that that would have weighed at least five pounds what I left on that on that table. Yeah, well, I remember later on in that night, you were like, oh, why did I eat that yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah, Jess's, from our trip, Jess's uh, slogan was, go big or go home. <laughs> I went big, and I couldn't handle it. <laughs> It was too much. It was ridiculous. Anyway, Grill Em All is an amazing place. If you ever go to L.A., and especially if you like metal, you should absolutely check out that burger joint. Afterwards, we headed back to the hotel, and Steve Rifle messaged us, and we went and grabbed a beer with him. We walked many down the street. With him, I think yeah, we was. many, many beers with him. <laughs> we walked down the street to a pub, a British pub, that was just, uh, I don't remember what it was called. Bleeding Richards or something like that. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it had a bit of American werewolf and London to the vibe to the yeah. outside and inside. It was a great, yeah. great joy, man. I totally, I mean, next year when we go back to Monster Palooza, we should actually turn, I mean, it go, sucks because it's not close by the, the, uh, thing, but we could totally do a listener party there. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we went, of course, it was Sunday night at like 9 p.m. So there wasn't a whole lot of people in there. No, it was pretty Just dead. Just one gentleman. I remember we got in there. <laughs> um, I ordered a drink 
And I had a T-shirt on, actually the same one I have on right now, which is kind of Universal Monsters. It's like a Universal Monsters kiss mashup. Yeah, and he stopped me and he's like, hey, man, I like your shirt. He's like, he was a very colorful gentleman. Yeah, he looked at all of us as like, what's up with all the monster shirts? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so first up, I do a terrible British accent. I tried practicing an impersonation of Lamont, which is this gentleman's name, by the way. Black British guy who was hanging out in this pub with dreads. He was awesome, dude. He was so fun to hang out with. What did you talk to him about before I sort of jumped well, in the conversation? Well, he was talking about, well, he, he talked about my shirt. He talked about Kiss, talked about Universal Monsters. And then he was like, and then you guys joined him. He's like, what are you guys here for? We said Monster Palooza. And he started talking about monsters. And then, and we, you know, we said we're from Portland. He said, oh, he was just in Portland. He's like a, uh, stand up. Yeah, he comic. was doing some comedy up here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Steve came in and I kind of went off with Steve and we got a table and you guys were talking to him about, and then I heard you guys like geeking out about Yeah. Cause I was wearing my famous monsters Godzilla versus Biollante shirt. And then he just out of the blue, I'm like, let's, let me say this. You meet somebody on the street. And they go, oh, I love Godzilla. You go, oh, which, you know, if, what's your favorite one? And they could maybe name one or two movies. The one you know? with Ferris Bueller. <laughs> uh, yeah, or that. <laughs> this guy was like, oh, man, that's a really cool shirt. I like your Godzilla vs. Biollante shirt. You, you know? And then he starts talking about his, his previous Bandai collection. And the way he's speaking, you know he's not making it up. Well, like, the fact that he knows who biolante yeah 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 tells you and the fact that he knew these very specific things about bandai figures and it was just it was this crazy fun conversation the dude was like super interesting i came back from la told lady kyle i was like i don't know what the deal was i was like on all the time and it was so fun and i really feel like everybody that we met was like so friendly and so nice like if I lived down there, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I would want to live in L.A., but if I lived down there and those are the people I hung out with, a lot of those people could probably be my friends, yeah. you know? Yes. It's like those the people that go to, like we were saying, that we, there's a common vibe between everybody. We're all monster kids. Anyway, this dude was definitely a monster kid. I mean, we had a great conversation with him. It was a lot of fun. Well, and he, so he already just, like, intrigued me right off the bat when he's like, First, he goes into the stand-up thing, and I think he was a graphic designer or something by, you know, because you got to supplement the art yeah, yeah, a job. We all know that. But uh, he starts talking about, like, the comedy, but then he's talking about, like, being on tour with Cannibal Corpse with oh, his right. band. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> Steve's over there, and I feel bad because he's like, what, what are you guys doing? I wanted to hang out with this guy, but then... <laughs> He won my friendship when he heard my, like we were introduced and he's like Clancy and he's like going on. Cause I mean, I've never met another person that has my name for a first name and he was from Europe. So he had met a couple, but he just goes the Kyrgyz, the Kyrgyz from Highlander. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, okay. I love Highlander. One of my favorite <laughs> films, Clancy Brown, awesome actor. And the fact that somebody actually said that when they recognize my name and not like Tom Clancy, where right, I say, yeah, 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 sort of, but uh. <laughs> so Clancy almost proposed to Lamont. Almost, almost. <laughs> Lamont was awesome. Yeah. I hope 
somebody asked me the next day is like, well, did you get his contact information? And I was like, why didn't I? <laughs> I know you should have. Because- I should have. He would be fun to talk to. Well, That's he. Right. He obviously said he was up here for comedy. I'm just going to keep an eye open. Oh, cool. He didn't uh, say what his last name was. Right? Nope. Yeah, but I already did some searches on, yeah, online. I tried, I already tried Googling him. I tried to <laughs> find him as well. But uh, Lamont, where are you? <laughs> we know he hangs out at that bar. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> he lives someplace in Pasadena and he works in Hollywood. We got that. Oh, okay. So we need to hire a private detective. So we the, need the, yeah, <laughs> the no, cyber stalking well, has <laughs> begun. Apparently, I didn't even realize it. We need the internet to find Lamont for us. Siri, find Lamont. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. So we went to this pub. We had some beers. Uh, we got to hang out with Steve. Then Jim told me that they had they were back at the hotel. Long story short, I had to go take something to them. And so we ended up hanging out in Jim's hotel room. We went and grabbed some beers because the stupid bar was closed. At the it hotel. closed at like 10 p.m. It was it was way too early, regardless of what time it was. But yeah, we got there and basically just kind of hung out. And I mean, I don't know. You guys probably were not expecting to to hang out in a room where two Godzilla nerds were talking about Dawn of the Dead stuff so much, were you? Uh, no, I mean that was that was a g- good time. I felt a little bit bad because it seemed like. Um, Jim was like kind of he was working. He wasn't like in a social mood. And it seemed like for the most part Steve and us were talking. And then he kind of got on a tangent on Night of the Living Dead and that kind of brought Jim out of his I don't want to say shell, but he kind of like started talking. Sure, yeah, so yeah. Of, he was kind of walking back backing forth. He had to Oh, yes, we were talking about his uh day. we were talking about his conventions because yeah, this yeah. this weekend, this Monster Palooza weekend was terrible for flying and some of the night of the living dead guests were having issues getting yeah. to where they were going for their conventions and stuff like that. Yeah. Jim, when he started talking about that kind of stuff, cause he works with the night of the living dead people, night of the living dead is my horror go to that whole trilogy, which got past that, but night, dawn day. I love that stuff. And to hear him, like, I think he was even saying that he had done a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I might've already seen it, and just not realize that it was his, but he was telling some pretty cool little anecdotes and stories about that stuff. And it was just like, well, yeah, just another thing where you're like, man, I am ready to crash, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And him and Steve were talking about that stuff. And even, you know, Steve, he's got his book coming out, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very pre-ordered. excited. Yeah. But he's telling little stories out of that and he's just a cool dude to hang out with. But I also will take free little fun stories about researching that book too because it's just some really cool information i love i love the ending of a con like that where you get to hang out with people yeah i mean that was fun we all just like you me clancy and steve we're all just hanging out in jim's hotel room yeah (laughs) yeah nothing weird there lying on his bed (laughs) surrounded by boxes of toys and a lot of unboxed toys Yeah. yeah surrounded by some stuff that i would have loved to just say, hey, Jim, can I grab this? I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> those gargantuas. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, me that me is, want. Where the actual heads come off. Heads is, yeah. come off. That yeah. has gone on my list where I'm uh-huh. just like, man, can I, can I buy those? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who those, who's those, who those are for, but those were incredible. So they were for me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they're for me in the future. Uh, yeah, that was a ton of fun, man. I, I had such a blast at Monster Palooza. The next day, we went to Burbank. Yeah. We went started. Actually, we started our day with with tacos. <laughs> this is the best way to start a day in in California. That's right. Breakfast tacos from some, Bobby's place. 
Yeah, that was a nice little uh, stop off that we found in like two seconds on a search. Yeah. What's the closest breakfast place? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby's Tacos. Okay, let's go there. Yeah, it was awesome. And then, uh, yeah, then we headed over to Burbank and we went to... We went to like... Because there's a whole strip like, off of... Uh, was it... Um, Ma- Madison? Is it Magnolia? Magnolia. Magnolia Avenue, yeah. yeah. It's like, they call it kind of like Monster or Horror Row. That's where you have dark delicacies. We were there last time. They were closed on Mondays. Unfortunately, there's two of the main shops are closed on Mondays, unfortunately. Yeah, let's talk about that right now. Which is Dark Delicacies and then Creature Features. So Creature Features is a shop that I've always wanted to go to. Yeah. But every time I go to L.A., I'm there for Monster Palooza, And even if I stay on Monday... They're not open. And even if I was to say Tuesday, they're still not open. Yeah. So, so I know, technically speaking, I should be making my time to go there on Saturday or Sunday when they are open. And what we need to do is fly in earlier on Friday. <laughs> Spend more time on, in Los Angeles. And go there on Friday. But honestly, and any listeners listening in the L.A. area that want to back me up on this, Creature Features, let's just set a policy the weekends of Monster Palooza, you shift your days off. <laughs> That's right. Because yeah, there's a lot of out of town guests who are going to go to Creature Feature. And in previous year, at least in 2013, Creature Features had a booth at Monster True. Palooza. True. This year they did not, which was disappointing. Well, when we were talking to those people at the Oddity Shop, they were also Bearded Lady Vintage. Yes, which was an awesome place. Super um, cool. Yes. And they were just mentioning when it used to be the convention when it was in Burbank, correct? Right, yeah. It was a different story because people were near there and... Just down the street, pretty much. They didn't even go to the show because they were overloaded with business. You know, now that it has shifted, it would have been cool. Yeah, so I would just say, you know, think about it, Creature Features. Think about staying open on Monday and Tuesday after Monster Palooza. And Son of Monster Palooza, don't forget that one. And we went to... I mean, we did make it into a couple of shops, the Bearded Lady Vintage Shop, which is just out of this world. It's like an oddities shop. If you've watched that show, Oddities, which is basically, you know, the lives of the people who run a shop in New York called Obscura. There's another one in San Francisco, stuff like that. That's basically what the Bearded Lady Vintage Place is. It's a ton of really cool, uh, like some taxidermy stuff, but mostly bones and medical equipment and old military paraphernalia. Really, really cool shop, especially if you like that stuff. I was showing Jeff some of the photos that I had taken and they had this, like, I don't even know what it was. It was propped in the back that almost felt like this little garage. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the tin show. The roof, photo yeah. I took looked way creepier than <laughs> what it looked like in person. Not that the stuff in there didn't look cool, uh-huh. but I'm flipping through and I'm like, I don't remember there being a real dead body back here but that's kind of of what it looks like now in this photo but it was it was a lot of fun walking through that place yeah that place was awesome and we also went to halloween town halloween town is a that's a cool i mean i think if anybody um is into toys t-shirts of the horror variety yes yes that's the place to go to you could decorate your whole house with the stuff they had in that place yeah i like that place a lot actually that was um unfortunately a little more expensive than I would like to have paid for anything, so I didn't yeah. end up buying anything there. You got some stickers, I think, right? I got some stickers and a couple of patches. Nice. Well, and if you're into some of the modern horror toys, like the NECA stuff, they had a lot of the figures that you don't necessarily see in the normal comic shops or whatever, just like the exclusives. Oh, cool, yeah. They probably still were about 
comparative to what you're going to find online. Yeah. But to actually see them on the shelf, like I usually don't go in and just get to see every version of Freddy Krueger. Oh yeah. That's that they pretty put cool. Out, but they had them there on the wall. So it was like, you know, to be able to pick them up and actually see them in person was cool. The other place we went uh, to. Blast I mean, from the blast past. Blast from the past. Which is kind of like a, you know, retro toy shop. I had a lot of different toys. Yeah, but not too retro. We did go to it's a mainly, vintage place that had some really old stuff. Yeah. There's a little tiny shop. Like but Blast from the past. It seemed like a lot of stuff from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And, or 80s even. A little stuff from the 80s. But sure. 80s, 90s, and on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was telling Jeff, literally walking around the store, looking at all this stuff. And I told Jeff. Oh, nope. this is the kind of shop that's really dangerous for me. I hope I don't find anything that I want. <laughs> yeah, because because when this stuff was coming out, I was broke as a joke. But now I have a job and I have like I make a living, <laughs> so yeah. I can like stumble across something and be like, oh, "I've always wanted that," and uh, and it happened. Lo and behold, <laughs> I absolutely turned a corner, and um, the artist that I've talked about in several episodes that died last year. Yasushi Nirasawa, at one point, somehow he had some figures made that were sort of like girl versions of the classic universal monsters. So yeah. I already had the Frankenstein's monster, Frankensteela, and now I have the uh, creature, who I don't remember the name of, and the wolfman, who I don't remember the name of. And because of that, I actually have kept the Frankensteela in, in its um, Package. original packaging, Mostly because I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. You know, it's sort of, it's a one-off. I didn't have anything else. But now that I have three of them right over here in the corner of the room where the file cabinet is, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put another one of these glass cases there. And I'm going to have a Yasushi Nirasawa shelf. Because coming in later this month is the Dorako from uh, his sketch for Kaiju Remix. So... Yeah, anyway, sorry, sidebar there. But yes, I found something to buy (laughs) at the store. After I had already been like, I don't need to buy anything else on this trip. I don't need to get any more money or anything. And I was like, oh, I can't pass those up. Plus, that place, okay, so we went to the Halloween Town. I said Halloween Town I thought was expensive. Blast in the past, in my opinion, was very, very reasonable. Oh, yeah. 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 One thing that is funny, too, because, you know, we're coming from, from out of town, and I planned this to pack very little clothing <laughs> right, yeah. as possible because you're going to be stuffing your suitcase with stuff to come back. And, you know, that's one reason why I didn't buy a lot of, especially, you know, toys or sculptures because you're like, you know, you don't want to pack that in your suitcase and possibly get it damaged. Yeah, so that's one of the drawbacks when you live far away. No, I, I completely agree. From a con. Says the man who bought a model kit that was in a giant box. <laughs> and, and you had to check your luggage. <laughs> I checked my luggage on the way back. And then after we did that, we went to the Hollywood sign. and uh, We went to uh, yeah, Griffith Park and then up to the... Uh, the Observatory. Uh, yes. And then on our way out, we were like driving down one street and, and it was like, oh wait, isn't the Chinese theater over there? We had to show Clancy the Godzilla star. Yeah, we didn't get out of the car, but we drove slow enough that he was. Actually, there it is, right there. Yeah, look, and he and he said he saw it. So I'm like, and I am not lying. So I was like, I need to focus on one word, stars. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they told me what what it was in front of, and I'm like, it, and there it, is. there it was, and you know, tourists get out of the way. He's got a seat, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. saw it. Yeah, we didn't stop. <laughs> we just kept driving. And then immediately after, followed by the Chinese theater, it's gone. 
and then we paid the horrible mistake for our sightseeing by getting stuck in traffic. Hey, that's L.A. That's L.A., baby. Yeah, yeah our hour-and-a-half drive from the airport to the uh, Hojo's where we stayed. Yeah. But, you know. And however long it was for us to get from Griffith Park to the airport on our way out, too. We left at 2.30, and we got <laughs> about 4 o'clock. Yeah, so yeah, an hour that's and right. A half. Yeah. yeah. But we didn't take the highways. Anyway, <laughs> like I mentioned when we were leaving Monster Palooza, I'm totally in for next year if you guys want to do it. We have I'm, I'm game. Another Kaiju Cast trip. Yep. I am 100% in again. Awesome. All right. So I picked up this Blu ray for Shallow Water, which was a Kickstarter project. I think it's a proof of concept thing. I think it's only 15 minutes, but we're going to go watch it right now. It has been said that when God painted the sky, he dipped his brush into the Sea of Cortez to clean it. And that is why the water is so beautiful. But the sea can also be a very dark place. Unforgiving and cruel. We're fishing this island, bro. We've never been this far in the Gulf before. We've got no comms, no sat phone. What's gonna happen? Yeah, what's gonna happen? Bruce is gone. What do you mean, gone? You wanna look for him now? In the water? Have you got a mask? Have you got a dive line? Where's my sister? I'm not in that! What the hell are we looking at? You haven't seen it yet. Seen what? Mother Nature, mate. And she can be a real bitch. All right, so that's shallow water. I mean, it's a proof of concept kind of thing, right? I think it's just a way for the artist, Sandy Colora, to show off his monster, the shallow water monster. That thing is pretty rad looking in person, though. Yeah, there were two different kind of versions of it. Kind of a greener version than kind of a ivory. The ivory, yes. The aged warrior. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, I thought it was cool. Clancy? I thought it was a cool little proof of concept thing. Um, As a water creature, you know, it seemed a little dry. Maybe a little slimier when you're actually doing the film. But again, it's a proof of concept. Yeah. Um, It was a real cool, well, one, it's a cool fact that it's a suit. So I thought it was cool. But again... I don't know if it was mainly focused on just showing off the creature, mm-hmm. but I know like they were slipping in that first person 
kind of shots GoPro stuff. stuff. Yeah. So again, I don't know what they would do in a final product, but to me, that's like, uh, I wonder if they even have like a full blown movie ready for this. Anyway, this was a Kickstarter campaign. I didn't mean to go into an entire long thing. I just thought it was a cool thing. We, We saw it at the show, right? The guy had his props up on his table and he was selling his DVDs and Blu rays. And I said, you know what? I didn't back these guys on Kickstarter and I always kind of regretted it. So I decided to pick up the Blu-ray, which is just, you know, the short, which is all good. Hopefully I helped support the monster arts. Yes. And I thought the the creature design is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. The creature design looks like it could be uh, this creature called a Kappa almost. Like it's a frog kind of turtle creature. But yeah, Yeah. I love the creature design. It was enough that I would definitely go keep staying interested in the project just by watching that yeah i'm gonna Um, keep tabs on it too it was cool and if you want to keep tabs on shallow water i'll have a link in the show notes and see me saying this it also serves as a reminder for me to put that in the show notes later when i edit the episode (laughs) together anyway uh that's gonna really that's gonna do it for this particular episode for episode 200 our extravaganza uh this has been a, a blast talking about monster palooza like we said we're up for it again next year Hopefully, if you come out to Monster Palooza, you will also meet up with us and go to a listener party and hang out with our fellow monster fans. So until the next episode, Jamata.
はい、皆さん、こんにちは。えー、吉田瑞穂と言います。えー、ゴジラモスラキングギドラ、えー、大怪獣総進撃のゴジラに入ってました。えー、その他にもいろいろガメラのレギオンとか、えー、いろいろ入ってましたけども、えー、こうして、えっ、ー、と、カエルさんと、えーえー、お話もできて、で、な、えー、今お聞きしたところ、あのー、怪獣キャストが200話を迎えるということで、えー、おめでとうございます。また今後もずっと続けて、あの、いろいろとお,あのお話をしたいとか、あの、お話聞けたらいいなと思ってます。本当におめでとうございます。